If you turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 21, we're going to be reading specifically from verse 17 to the end of the, the gospel account. So I wonder, do you, like me, ever look around at the world and feel completely overwhelmed? Thank you. Climate change, war, political turmoil, mental health crisis, financial crisis, 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 crisis. And do you, like me, want to make a difference, but you don't know where to start? Have you no idea, like me, whether you're even capable of doing the best for your family and friends, never mind the rest of the world? Well, I want to encourage us this morning. Although we sometimes feel overwhelmed and anxious, both our greatest responsibility and our greatest freedom lies in what Jesus says in this passage today. You must follow me. So we join the conversation after Jesus has risen from the grave. He's enjoyed breakfast on the shore with his disciples and now he's talking to Peter. So I'm starting at verse 17. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you that when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who'd leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. It wouldn't be too hard to imagine that Peter is feeling a little bit overwhelmed by what's going on. Before he's even recovered of the shock of the crucifixion, he's confronted with the resurrection. An incredible miracle of fish, a cooked breakfast on the shore, a risen Lord, who he pretended not to know when Jesus needed him most. Awkward. And now, Jesus repeatedly questions Peter's love and friendship. And so Peter, in, in so many other um, occasions, he speaks a lot of sense. He says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And so Jesus, for the third time, invites him to play a part in shepherding the flock. Then he goes on in verse 18. You know, when you were younger, you'll dress yourself, but later someone else will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Now, the narrator tells us that this is a clue as to how Peter would die. The account is that Peter was crucified, but that he asked to be crucified upside down because he wasn't worthy to, be, to die in the same way as his Lord Jesus. But there's no reason to believe here that Peter knew um, or understood what Jesus was telling him about. 
it's only with hindsight that even the author, John, is saying um, what, what we think Jesus was referring to. But regardless, Peter is clearly uncomfortable with what Jesus is saying to him. So, as many of us do in that kind of awkward moment, he begins to turn and look around him. He notices that someone else is within earshot. So, if you're familiar with the Gospel of John, you might know that John is a little bit coy in naming himself throughout this Gospel account. I'm not really too sure why. But by now we've twigged that John is the one whom Jesus loved. But he goes on to clarify further in verse 20. In the brackets he says, This was the one who leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? He doesn't really need to reiterate at this stage who he means by referring to this particular moment. But so often the gospel writers have crafted everything that they say. They're so careful with their words. And so when something like this comes up in the text, it gets me curious. What has this story that's in John 13 about the Passover supper got to do with this conversation between Jesus and Peter at the end of the gospel? So we'll take a minute. Don't worry about turning back. We're going to remember John 13, that Passover scene. Jesus has washed their feet. They're all at the Passover, Passover table. And Jesus is saying, one of you will betray me. The disciples are all looking around at each other. And there's this sort of comedy moment where Peter is like, Psst, John, ask Jesus who it is. And it reminds me of those moments, you know, in those kind of old comedy films where someone says, can I have a volunteer? And everyone steps back. And John is left standing there. So John, the one whom Jesus loves, does what he's being asked to do. He leans back against Jesus and asks him to explain. But in referring to that moment during this conversation, it's like John is trying to draw our attention to something. He's drawing our attention to the fact that Peter always wants to know. You can see him rolling his eyes. I wonder what it is about wanting to know. All through John's Gospel, we see lots of different examples of times when Jesus knows what the others don't. So right at the beginning, he tells Philip, I saw you under the fig tree. And Philip's like, wow. The woman at the well, the main thrust of her testimony is, he told me everything I ever did. And even in this passage, Peter is saying, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. I guess it's easy to recognize this desire in our lives. Keeping up with the Joneses, that's kind of fallen out of use, hasn't it? It's more about the social media. Comparison. We need to know in order to compare ourselves and measure ourselves with others. I'm not doing as well as him, but at least I'm not as doing as badly as her. Or is it about stocking up on Bible knowledge just to win that theological argument? Are we seeking a sign? Are we over-dependent on a word of knowledge? Certainty, we want to know, we want to be certain so that we don't get it wrong and make a mess. 
Back in that John 13 passage at the Passover table, Peter wanted to know that it wasn't him who was going to betray Jesus. He didn't want to make a mess. Or sometimes we're asking to know about things. We're actually looking to build a wall, to criticize others. We're deflecting. We want to avoid the spotlight. A bit like Adam and Eve hiding in the garden. Jesus repeatedly asks Peter if he loves him. Three times, echoing Peter's three denials. Let's be honest. Can you blame Peter if he wants to shift the spotlight a little bit in that moment? Deflection. If only I knew I wasn't going to make a mistake. If only I knew I was doing the right thing. If only I could know for sure, then what? What are we putting off because we don't know what will happen? Asking for prayer? Offering help to a neighbor? Signing up to serve in a particular ministry? Where are you holding back because you're afraid you'll get it wrong? Committing to a relationship, sharing your faith, even following Jesus for the first time. In that same Passover passage in John 13 that John refers to at this moment, Jesus told Peter that he would deny him three times. But knowing that didn't stop Peter from making the mistake. But even Jesus, knowing that, he still shows Peter unwavering love. I have a six-year-old son. And last night, um, he, he still gets a bit scared of the dark. And we have a, a camera in the room. And it's a circle with a black eye in the middle. And he's never noticed it before. But last night, he called me in and he was whimpering. <laughs> camera looks like an eye. An eye in a moment of parental wisdom, which are very few and far between. I said, yeah, but who, whose eye is that? Is it someone mean or is it someone who loves you? Who's looking down that eye at you? And he said, you and Papa. I said, yeah. And Papa and I love you very much. And so we're looking at you because we love you and we care. So Jesus knows everything but he's not a meanie looking down the camera to catch you out or to make you afraid. He's looking at you with great love and great care. In so many ways, we turn and look around us. It reminds me of Kath last week sharing about Peter looking around at the storm as he walked on the water. We want to know, but Jesus is the only one who really knows. Verse 21, when Peter saw him, that is John, he asked, Lord, what about him? So whether it's that he can compare himself with John or whether he wants to be certain what's going to happen or whether it's a deflection tactic, what is Jesus' response? He says, you must 
follow me. Never mind about him. This is about you and it's about me. Jesus does give Peter a glimpse of the bigger picture. He's given a hint about what's to come, whether Peter understood it or not. But mostly Jesus is saying, feed my lambs, shepherd my flock, do what I am giving you to do. And no matter what happens, you must follow me. We often picture these verses around a fire. They're sitting, they've had breakfast, they're full and content. Jesus has forgiven Peter, reinstated him, everything's settled, all's well, it ends well. But if you look carefully at verse 20, it actually says that John was following him. They're not sitting around the fire at this moment. They're actually walking. They're on the road. How different a picture that paints of the end of John's gospel. We're not sitting around a cosy fire with breakfast. We're up on our feet and we're moving forward. So, as you're walking with Jesus today, he knows the mistakes you've made. He knows the mistakes that you're going to make. He knows everything. He knows that you love him and he's got something for you to do. There's great responsibility to do just what Jesus is asking us to do, but there is also immense freedom doing just what Jesus is asking me to do. Stop looking around at what's following you or turning to check who else is doing what. Can you hear the voice of Jesus saying this morning, you must follow me? Let's pray. Jesus, we are so grateful that you look upon us with an eye of love. We're grateful that um, regardless of where we've been and where we're going, regardless of our desire to know instead of trust, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you're calling us. And we pray that you would give us grace to follow you, regardless of what anyone else is doing. Help us to hear your voice and walk along the road right behind you. In your name we pray. Amen.